0: let's do it owen
1: let's do it that's that's crazy to hear you say it but today we are back on the podcast welcome back to a new episode today we have david henry on i'm excited to talk to you and about your career um how are you doing today
0: i'm doing well i'm doing well thank you owen i uh Heard some nice things about you from, uh, from some folks, so it's exciting to be on here and uh, chat a little with you. No complaints. No complaints, man. I'm in North Idaho now. I moved from Ooh. LA to North Idaho. I go back and forth a lot, but uh, I took my wife and three kids now, and we built a house here, and it's a gorgeous day. It, it, you, you, you could say you're in like the Swiss mountain range, and you, you, would, you would buy it. It is, uh, it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. We're up in here in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho.
1: Nice nice you know i i'm from the midwest i'm from iowa i'm in like a, kind of like a random state here so
0: big wrestling place right yeah
1: actually yeah we got we're good uh university of iowa is really big and then you know there's big tournaments like my hometown hosts a really big tournament um so that was always big growing up uh, yeah it's
0: one of the best in the best in places to compete in wrestling in the world right I mean, yeah some of the best wrestlers come out of there olympians and
1: yeah. Also, happy belated Father's Day, by the way.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, man. Thank you, man. I am, uh, I am loving being a dad, and I just realized my office door is open, so I'm going to close that. You're but good. Thank you very much. You're not a dad, are you on?
1: I, I am not. I am not.
0: Okay, you never know these days. You never know these days, <laughs> but uh, happy Father's Day to your father.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, did, you have a, did you have a good Father's Day weekend?
0: I did. What did we do? We just made a bunch of meat. We didn't make the meat. We cooked the meat. <laughs> um, an animal made the meat. Um, and we, yeah. What else did we do? We we made s'mores. Mm. My kids are too young. They don't understand the magic of a s'more. <laughs> All they thought, uh, a, their only understanding of the s'more was something warm is warming up the chocolate, and I'm going to throw everything away that's not the warm chocolate, <laughs> and I'm going to eat the warm chocolate, and then wipe my hands on absolutely everything I can find. <laughs> so um, they don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. They will one day, but um, for now, the s'more is a, a a warming
1: device for chocolate. Oh, nice! How how old were you when you had your first child?
0: Uh, I'm 33 now. I think we had our, our first child at like 29. I was 20, 28 or
1: 29,
0: mm. something like that. Yeah, it's a good age. And then every
1: couple of years, we get another gift. Mm. I I love the I I previously you know doing research for podcasts. You want to. There are things, especially me being a fan of you and your work and what you've previously done. I do have pretty common questions that you probably get asked a lot.
0: Sure, no problem.
1: But also, you know, I want to do the research and go extra and try to give you an experience that you haven't um, had before. But I did sure. love, I was, I was. you know, I tried to listen to everything that you've been on before. And there was a, a podcast that you did where you told the story of the Pope Pope when you went, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that story. And i it warmed my heart so much. Um, but yeah, I just think it is so amazing. Uh, that was a really
0: special trip. We uh, we had Maria, not me, Maria had three miscarriages, and we couldn't quite figure out what the issue was, we started doing all of these tests. And then figured out there was a over time, we figured out that there was a, a progesterone deficiency and polyps. And so that was right around the time after the third miscarriage, we started figuring this out. And then we went on a trip to Italy with a friend and he got me a meeting with Pope Francis and it was uh, awesome. He, he, <laughs> he did a special blessing over my wife. And then nine months later we had a baby. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like... So being a child actor, like how has your motivation changed throughout the years?
0: Yeah, it's a re- it's a really good question. I'd say my my motivation is the same, but the outlet for it is has has shifted and has changed, or the the medium that it's taken form in has has changed and has been changing. I've always been driven by this desire to like entertain and elevate. I was so inspired as a kid growing up, sitting in the movie theater, walking away with that magical feeling. I didn't even know what it was, but I had a I had a new vision or a new outlook on life walking out of that theater, and that's that elevating quality that I think good stories have the ability to give an audience, right? So I was always driven by this desire to, like, just make make people feel better, inspire them, entertain them, try to recreate that magical feeling, which is so hard to do, right? So it first took form um, in my own family, just growing up, entertaining them, joking around, uh, doing skits and improv and plays and all sorts of things, and I love giving them that feeling. And then as it became a uh, oh i'd say as i was like 9 10 11 years old i begged my parents to go to hollywood to let me interview with the manager so i could um audition for things and it just took off like a rocket ship I, i got out there the manager loved me my very first audition i ever got was for a burger king commercial and um i got it and a big national commercial and i just kept booking and booking and booking and booking and as i kept working more as an actor going into tv and film I kept asking questions um, to everyone on set about how the sausage was made. I wanted to understand why the camera was here and not there and why the lighting was here and not there. um, There's some guy twisting a knob on the camera. What's that focus? How does that work? And what's the impact that that could make on the story? So I just kept asking questions about how the sausage was made and slowly I started going behind the camera. I would direct uh, skits, sketches, um, short films, and I started writing for Wizards of Waverly Place and i started to experience the joy of uh i started to experience the joy of, of of creating as opposed to just being in front of the camera not to say one is better than the other it's just they're different feelings and so now i'm able to do i'm still acting i still love acting but i i, I get to direct now too and i get to write now too which is really um fulfilling and, and a blessing uh, for me um, just i just finished uh executive producing and writing on a show called A Tale Dark and Grim on Netflix, which you can still watch on Netflix. And that um, is, we got nominated for an Emmy for that, which was a huge honor. It's a, it's a wonderful animated show that I think leaves you with that magical feeling at the very end of it. And I just finished directing uh, Mel Gibson, Kevin James, and Lorraine Brocco and Mason Thames in a film called The Boy Who Cried Witch, which will be announcing very soon, um, where people can watch that, we're in post-production on it. Um, and lots of other exciting things going on. I'm still acting. Uh, so it's been, it's been a blessing and I'm, I'm keeping as busy as I can to try to make some good stuff.
1: How has that helped you when it came to being behind the camera? How, how have those, those two kind of correlate, but obviously they're very different. How has like one helped the other?
0: Oh, it helps you tremendously. It helps you tremendously. Um, as an actor, it, it, it's it helps me significantly because when you go behind the camera, you get to audition actors and that's a that's a side of the curtain I never got to be on. Mm-hmm. I was only auditioning, and I've been on a gajillion auditions from the time I was nine until now, just a gajillion. If that's even a number, a gajillion. And actors never get to go behind the curtain. We when we finish our audition, we leave the room, and we're always like, I wonder what they're saying about me. I wonder what they're thinking about me in the room. I wonder what the director's saying. I don't know. He told me good job, but I don't know if it's if I did a good job or not. So what was really eye opening to me was actually being on the other side of that table auditioning people and it was it was um, a stress reliever in a way because so much more there's so much more that goes into casting someone than just their performance the performance is important of course but there's so many other factors that go into it do you look the role is your essence the role how do you pair with the other cast was your timing where it needed to be with are you overshadowing this character there's there really is a million other considerations that go into casting than just your performance. Mm-hmm. As an actor, I would put so much stress on stress on myself to give the greatest performance ever in every audition. And if I was even a percentage off, I would kill beat myself up over it because I was so frustrated that I didn't just give the best performance in the world. It, not, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it didn't matter as much as I thought. Yeah. It certainly doesn't matter as much as I thought um, because you the majority of people who walk in the room before they even open their mouth your decision almost already made um because you can just tell this person is the role or not or they have the energy of the role or not and um it was a stress reliever for me because if someone is a few percent off if someone has the right look and the right feel and maybe their acting was a little off, they're still going to move really far along in the process because they're just so close to the mark and people will want to work with you. So it's kind of like you are, you aren't the role. Um, And people are nowhere near directors and producers are nowhere near as critical as actors fear they are. So it was really informative to me. Um, Really, really informative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would, would you have just like a quick bit to anyone who's, Who's been going on auditions, and do you have a quick advice for people who, who are in that place of, of going to auditions all the time?
0: Yeah, it. it the, look at the decision as as. Well, a couple things, don't put stress on yourself because you either are the role or you're not. Mm-hmm. There's so many other decisions that are outside of your factor, so so the, outside of your control. So just go in there, and do what you want. Give the performance that makes you feel good and, and give that performance and that's it. And secondly, when you book a job and you're getting paid, that is paying for all of your auditions for the things you didn't get. So look at all your auditions as work. You're being paid for, like, this is my job. I'm showing up. I'm prepared. I'm going to give it my all. It's out of my control. I'm just going to do my thing and walk away. You need that healthy detachment from each role. But the one that you do get is paying for all the ones you didn't get. So um, that that was the advice I got as a younger actor that really helped me not get frustrated with the audition process. Because you know, if you audition for ten and you get one, that's a pretty good ratio. Um, yeah, I, I I always tell young actors like you should be getting called if you're if 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 you have talent and ability and charisma, you should be getting called back on most of your things uh if you're not getting called back on most of your things then i would very much reevaluate the profession that you're in because um people can spend decades trying to get that one role and it never comes and they miss out on what they should be doing in life Absolutely. and i've seen so much of that i've seen so much of that mm-hmm. but um yeah you should be getting called back most of the time
1: yeah i i do want to to transition and this is something that i've been so excited to talk to you about because honestly, my all-time favorite show is How I Met Your Mother. It's <laughs> my all-time favorite show. And I, I know you've gotten asked this a lot, but as an actor, you are pretty prone to not talking about things. Like, you're not allowed to talk about a lot of things that you're working on or, you know, about to be working on. Um, but that... I think it's a lot easier when no one's asking about that thing. Like, cause no one knows this project that you may know that you're working on and no one even knows it exists yet. Right. So, and I know that you've said that you didn't really want to tell anyone, but was it more difficult to not tell anyone the ending of how I met your mother?
0: Um, it really wasn't hard because I kind of forgot about it. It wasn't until, you know, we shot it in season one and when we shot what would be the ending, they evacuated the set. They brought NDAs in. It was just us, me, Lindsay, my sister, and the two showrunners, and it was all top secret and literally no one was on set. I've never been on a set where there's nobody. They left the cameras rolling. They left the lights on. Usually, there's a hundred people standing around watching it. Mm-hmm. There was not a single person, just us four. So that was kind of cool. And I remember when we shot it, it was it was really special and it was like, whoa! But the showrunners were honest. They were like. I don't know if we're going to get canceled next year. I got no idea. Like we're, we're, this is brand new to us. We're, we're starting this new show. Who knows what's going to happen? No one could have predicted it would go, what did it go? 10 seasons, nine seasons. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No one could have predicted it would go, it would have went that long, but they knew that I was growing. And so I was the concern because I was a 14 year old kid going through a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. So they knew, or 15 year old kid. So they knew they needed to shoot what would be the ending before suddenly I changed. Cause I had to stay the same age on the couch. So we shot it, and then I just forgot about it. Literally out of sight, out of mind. It's like memorizing lines is like homework to me. Study the night before, you do great on the test, and then it's literally gone. I watch episodes of of Place, and I was like, I have no memory of that. I literally have no memory. Um, So it's the same thing with How I Met Your Mother. I did it, got it done. And it wasn't until like five seasons in or like five years in that anyone even asked, that anyone started asking just cause the show didn't catch fire. It, the, the show was popular and well received immediately, mm-hmm. but it grew and grew and grew and absolutely, grew and, grew, yeah. and grew, and grew and in fact, it wasn't until the later seasons, seven, eight, nine, that I started getting hounded with questions. That's when it was, that's when it was a way bigger, a way bigger thing, especially when I became old enough to drink and I'd go to a bar or something with my friends. Then, then that's where people got really courageous to try to yeah, get it out of me. Uh, I had to really think back and go, what did he tell me? Um, <laughs> And they didn't even know. They didn't even really know at the time. I mean, it was – I just remember the showrunner saying um, – "We kind of, what did he say? He was like, yeah, we kind of – I mean, look, we're going to do what we think is the ending. But I don't know. It's got to be something with Robin, right? we got to bring it around to Robin somehow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I hope that answers the question.
1: Yeah, it did. I, I love it. I You know, I, I've seen you – I've watched that show so many times, through. And I've I've seen you on that couch a million times. And like that, that was probably one of the, I mean, other than the fact that you're on Wizards of Waverly Place, I was, I think I might be one of the prime ages that I'm 20 now. I was like, yeah, a, a prime age to watch Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, Can- that's
0: center of the bullseye. 20, 21, 22. I'd say anywhere from like 18 till, or maybe like t- probably 20 to 25 that center of the bullseye
1: thinking back to it i didn't realize because there's shows like Drake and josh and you know all all these other shows i didn't realize how like i mean four seasons why why are shows like that only like a couple seasons i always thought it was longer thinking back about it
0: well art and it's funny you say that too commenting that it's it's short our show is the longest-running mm-hmm. Disney show they ever had. Yeah, uh, And I think a lot of it is due to the fact that kids get older. So as okay. as the demographic and the age gets older of, of, of people, the de- the demographic watching it gets older, mm-hmm. so do the kids on camera. So, you know, I started the show when I was, I think, 15 and finished, you know, close to 20. And Selena was 13 and close to 18. So the, the young people get older. They're changing that now. You know, Raven's home, I think, his son seven seasons or something like that or six okay. or seven seasons so that's all changing with streaming and the advent of new distribution that's all changing but in the past i think it very much had to do with just aging out and wanting to keep the viewers young and letting them move on with the show moving on bringing a new show grow mm-hmm. a new crop of viewers um, yeah i think i think that's as simple as that
1: yeah did you did you by chance see the uh on the Wizards rewatch podcast, they had uh, one of the. I think it was a writer on that had an alternate ending for Wizards. Did you see that? I did but, not see that. No. I I, man, there was like. I think it was. Uh, there was a, it was some big thing about, kind of just a different ending with it being, uh. I think. Alex giving up her powers and stuff, something like that. Uh, I wish I had a better refresher in my mind. I was really banking no, no on problem. you, you watching it. Um, but do you, were you satisfied with how it ended as, as an actor on the show?
0: I mean, I think it ended at a good place to let everyone kind of move on and have, get something out of it. Like Justin got to be the headmaster of WizTech. tech. Alex is going to be a whatever in the wizard world. <laughs> maven or i don't even know if that's the right word and max gets the sub shop so at least he gets something to take ownership in so i think each character got something meaningful to them Mm -hmm. um so i think that's that's certainly
1: good Mm -hmm. yeah is it was it something at at the time that you were ready to, to move on from
0: yeah i think disney kind of bred that into that generation of actor it's like you it's almost like going through high school like you go in you do your three years four years and uh, you gain tons of experience and you move on. I can't tell you how many jobs as an actor I did after that where I would constantly be told, you're so professional, you, 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 you know set culture, you know how to show up on time, you know how to hit your mark, you know your lines, um, mm-hmm. you know how to treat everyone on set, you know what everyone does. Because I got that experience on, on that show and on, on others before it. Um, so it was a wonderful uh, time professional experience and uh cultivated a lot of uh good habits that i that i have taken on to my career uh subsequently
1: yeah and i think that it's super interesting when you have um like a cast like that where i'm sure you've been on you know movies or whatever where the cast kind of disperses afterwards you don't i mean you may keep in contact with some some of them but like there is something where you know you spend uh a pivotal moment in your life growing up like going through certain life experiences that you know bond you together with people and it seems to happen a lot with those kids shows because you know you go through uh experiences together and stuff like that so then you're closer with that cast and i you know it's obviously awesome for the fans to see you know like a rewatch podcast or people hanging out or something like that so i think that's really really cool
0: yeah yeah we, we've all kept in touch so it's been it's been wonderful it was such a family atmosphere both in front and behind the camera so we've we've definitely stayed in touch
1: yeah that's awesome well what about like uh you guys did a couple crossover episodes and i know you've talked about it a little bit but do you have any memorable um either crossover or like guest star that came on you know either around the disney lot or oh yeah so that- many it was
0: th- those were all those were all so fun like the uh I, When I was a younger actor before Wizards, I did a lot of adult shows. So I'd be on like NCIS or Mm -hmm. the the Judging Amy or the DA or uh, um, Without a Trace, Providence. Um, I did a lot of adult shows. So I didn't get to be with kids my age. And then I started doing Disney stuff. And it was the fulfillment of being a kid, but also getting to act. So that was really fun to get to act with peers my age. So anytime we'd get to do crossover stuff with other shows, that was really exciting because I was fans of those shows. So I got to work with actors that I knew and loved and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And we had a great time. We had a great time. Like all the Wizards on Deck or whatever with Sweet Life crossing over into that. It was so fun to spar with other actors and do scenes with other actors. That was always a joy. Our show was really great because we got to have great guest stars. We had some huge guest stars on the show from The Rock to Sidney Crawford to Shakira. Like, we had so many big people come on the show and that was always super fun. That was, always, it was always like, she cares here this week. We're going to get to have fun with her. Um, and she was such a bubbly, fun, sweet person. Colombians are the best. Um, so we had a really, really good time together. Uh, it, 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 people would visit us too. Like Stallone wasn't in the show, but he came to set and visited with his kids and sat me down and gave me a talk about how to control my future, get behind the camera, take ownership of my stuff. You know, he was amazing. He was amazing. Rocky was giving me advice on the business. So, <laughs> so many great, so many great stories. I could sit here for hours and tell them. But yeah.
1: What about? Okay, this might. I I j- it just popped into my head. But the the Sweet Life set was was that a? It was was it a green screen? Or
0: um, they built parts of the set were right there. B big chunks of the set were right there, and. We all shot on this lot where most of the Disney stuff was. So they had stages there. So we had a stage, Sweet Life had a stage, Demi Lovato Show had a stage, like Hannah Montana was there right before us. So there was a, a lot where all the Disney stuff was happening and it was just cranking. Mm. Um, and uh, the Sweet Life set was right next to us. And that's what Raven was there too. The Sweet Life stuff was right next to us and they built big chunks of the set. Yeah, big chunks of the set. So it's not like they built a whole boat. But they built all the main set pieces.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Um, Yeah, I just, I feel like all that has to be. All that, there's so many questions there for me, like um, with the, with the, how everything works. I mean, there's probably. I'm just thinking now, because you see like the, like the sub shop and everything, I, those sets, that's got to be just crazy. All, all those together. Um, Is there, is there, is sweet or wizards? Is that the thing that people reference the most to you? Like whether it's out in public or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The wizards, How I Met Your Mother, and then some like movie stuff that people reference randomly but um yeah wizards is probably the most especially because the it's gotten more and more popular i've been getting recognized more and more as time goes on because the demographic is now like in the workforce so anytime i go to a restaurant the 20 year old hostess will will freak out um so yeah my wife cracks up all the time she's like every year that goes by you get more popular (laughs) and i'm like no i just think the demographic's like Ooh. now out in public and no mm-hmm. longer at home.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been crazy recently. Very crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, is there, is there a project that you wish people talked about more to you at all?
0: A project that I love that I wish more people saw that was really fulfilling um, on a, on an acting level was a project called little boy. Uh, it was on Netflix and I think now it's on Amazon and you can buy it all, all many different places on the internet. Um, that was a project I got to play a dramatic role, wasn't mm-hmm. like a, a funny role, so it's a totally different set of skills for me, and I really enjoyed the process, the people involved, the message of the film so yeah, uh, I, I, I would love for more people to watch that film, Little Boy
1: yeah, we'll get that out there um, this, is, this is one of those questions but have, have you, do you rewatch anything that you're in?
0: now that I have kids I'll pull something up and show them, so I I pulled up the Wizards movie recently to show my daughter, and I learned a valuable lesson. And it's that little people don't understand it's fake. (laughs) So I started watching that movie with them, and then there's a scene where my character like gets stuck in quicksand and starts getting pulled Mm -hmm. under, hilariously slapsticky and uh, silly, but she thought it was real. And so as I'm getting pulled under going, oh, no, wait up, ah! she starts bursting into tears. She is oh, falling, no. thinking her father's dying on stream. Oh, no. And so I quickly turned it off. And I was like, OK, I need to be a little more critical about uh, mm-hmm. showing her the stuff that I've done. Um, so now I have to comb through and find bits and pieces of things that aren't life-threatening. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm re- rewatching things through their eyes. But typically, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. spend much time watching my stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that that's probably I mean it's it's difficult but also I I can't wait to to know what type of um what your kids are going to think if if they're going to think dad is cool for what he's done on TV and stuff when they get a little yeah, bit older. Yeah,
0: we'll see man. We'll see. I'm going to cry when my daughter doesn't think I'm cool and doesn't um uh, wants to distance herself from me. I hear that happens to all dads, but uh it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, as I I have uh, I have four nephews, and the the oldest one. I just, you know, I try my hardest with work to to impress. You know, I've talked to the voice actor of Megatron, and so I was like, you know, I know Megatron doesn't do it. You know, anything that I do, it's it's like, whatever. You know, whatever, yeah. Uncle. And you
0: can't be a prophet in your own home.
1: Yeah it's just it's it's a ever or it's a never ending cycle of me trying to to impress them but maybe one day I'm trying to figure out who it has to be nice nice nice, nice. um yeah, so I I really appreciate you doing this um I had a lovely conversation with you and I, I'm just such a big fan and me as a child and and growing up through the years this this has been a full soccer moment for me so I thank you so much for giving me your time I appreciate it. No, dude, I had a
0: great time with you. Thank you. And I wish you all the best on your podcast. It's been a great chat. So uh, God bless, man. And uh, yeah, thank you for the time. Thanks for checking out another episode of Talking With Texture. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms and like and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next time.